0: Hey guys, John here. Uh, unfortunately, I made a little bit of a mistake, a little bit of a boo-boo. Episode 14, it went pretty long, hour and 35 minutes. Uh, we had our first guest, Miriam Sadie, an art major, uh, here to grade some Overwatch League logos. But uh, that went a little bit longer, went a nice 25 minutes. And then uh, we had a lot to talk about in the normal podcast because of Siegel's state of Overwatch video. So, I have decided to split the split the episodes into two. We got 14 and we got 14.5, uh, two different episodes if you want to listen to one or the other. Makes it a little more easy to intake if you ask me. Uh, so please, I apologize and disregard all the weird intros and outros. I assumed That the interview with Miriam, which unfortunately Joe was not able to be present for, was going to be on top of the original podcast, so I had some weird intros, some weird outros there, Uh, so please excuse those, Uh, they are separate episodes, I thought they were going to be together in one episode, and that's why I uh, had some weird intros there, so uh, whichever one you are listening to, enjoy, and uh, I can't wait for you guys to listen. Thank you, John and Miriam, for that amazing introduction. I am now here. We have Joe. Joe, we've been waiting about 15 minutes now for you to say hi. Please say hi.
1: Yes. Hi, I'm here. You haven't haven't lost me for good.
0: Okay, good, good. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't record that part with Joe because uh, uh, Miriam is she has she has work usually at the times we record this so uh it was it was hard to get the schedule going but joe is finally here we're here for uh for some normal podcasts we're back back to the news joe are you ready to dive in we got a big big week of discussion yeah as as always it seems like (laughs) yeah exactly i'm happy i'm happy that siegel made this video so we can have something to to talk about on the podcast but that isn't until later that's the big finale yeah Um, that's a little tease for you guys if you guys want to hear that you're gonna have to keep listening uh (laughs) toronto esports is our headline the first piece of news we got last week uh toronto esports was forced by the overwatch league to uh no longer have that branding the toronto esports branding in the over in the Overwatch contenders, of course, they are the Academy team for the Boston Uprising. If you guys do not know, and uh, I think everyone, I personally saw this coming, um, because we have a Toronto team, the Toronto Defiant, now in in the Overwatch League. So I fully expected the Toronto Esports Club, uh, but to be removed. But there's been a lot of drama. Joe, do you know about all this drama? with the owner of the toronto esports yeah it's
1: it's, it seems like it's sort of related but sort of not uh to to this this request by blizzard but yeah it's it's been a mess with them for a week or so
0: i would not be surprised if um if if they saw all this drama going on and they're like okay we're we're gonna ramp it up on uh I'm making sure they get rid of this branding here, um, because they their owner or it's their coach has just been. He also runs their Twitter. He's been just running rampant, basically, <laughs> talking crap to everybody and not well. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, they've been calling out the Toronto Defiant for a show match for a while. Toronto Defiant has been very silent towards it, um, probably because they knew in the background that this. Uh, branding exclusive naming rights thing was going to happen uh but i, I don't uh, think yeah go ahead i
1: was gonna say for yeah for a week or two weeks now the the twitter banner for the toronto Esports account is are just you afraid? yeah are you afraid taunting the toronto defiant uh you know people are talking about you know that uh this owl team obviously has everything to lose and basically nothing to gain from from playing this show match which you know it makes sense why they haven't been
0: yeah, I have, uh, haven't been accepting it, but <laughs> I would just ignore them. <laughs> They've been doing well with that. But honestly, if if the Toronto esports coach had had not been such a a bad bad person these past couple of weeks, I think I think everyone would have been taking Toronto esports side a lot more on this argument uh, because everyone everyone really likes the tier two scene and wants to make sure it's supported. But the, they They have. The, the the coach has dug such a deep hole that no one really cares as long as the players are fine, which they are, Huck tweeted. Um, exact tweet is, I do not have the ability at the moment to address the recent or current decision out of the Toronto Esports, and we were not part of the decision at all. That being said, we retain ownership of all the player and staff contract and ownership over the contender slot. We will continue to compete as a team. But obviously under a new brand, that is all I can say at the moment, but we'll provide further details at a later date. So I think, Joe, that this tweet right here uh, sealed it for most people. They were like, all right, screw Toronto Esports. Um, (laughs) These players are going to be fine. The coaches are going to be fine. Uh, Screw them, you know?
1: Yeah, something like that
0: yeah uh any any other opinions on on this specific event
1: yeah it, it's weird um because you know obviously uh now the boston uprising academy you know is sort of in limbo uh, like i said they haven't really decided what they're doing with that yet um uh, well in fact i'd be curious because contenders uh started up this weekend um and so i wonder i uh, like contenders north america i wonder what the the former Toronto Esports Overwatch squad is doing, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's kind of like what we saw with the uh, Seattle Skyfoxes that then just became the Skyfoxes. Um, that you know, uh, Blizzard's being more more possessive of the like specific city rights than anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure they will there'll be there will be some shift. Um, for Boston, you, you know, I think partly, uh, uh, the Boston organization, um, might be a little bit glad that the focus right now is on their academy team rather than their main one. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> but I and see how that evolves. It's
0: been an absolute mess. The North American one does not start until the 27th. So I'm oh. guessing they will f- fix some things. I believe EU and China have started.
1: That makes more sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Australia. No, Australia has started. Australia started yesterday. I think. I think. Na and Korea are the only ones that have yet to start. Um, Korea's the twenty third. North America is the twenty seventh. Uh, but that's exciting. We can get some more. But I, I totally agree. I think Boston is very. I don't know. Boston as an entire organization now has had tons of drama. I feel like they're the off season drama champions. Uh, so congratulations to boston and their organization
1: although atlanta put in a good fight for it
0: yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> no, single-handedly they, they, they didn't want to but they almost did uh we have another we have another brand to grade here only one only one this week um but it is one of my favorite ones the hangzhou spark was revealed uh about five days ago now um there was no <laughs> there's there were no problems with this reveal. They didn't reveal it on accident too early or anything like that. Uh it came out on time and Joe, we have it. We have a pink team.
1: We do, and it wasn't what we had expected originally. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was not at it's all. not Vancouver. Yeah, um it's not Vancouver who of course got the runaway uh players we believe it is not Florida Mayhem, who has been probably begging to change their colors to pink and blue or anything at this point. <laughs> um, it is the Hangzhou Spark, and that is even more of a surprise after, we, after their leaked logo was blue and not the pink one that they have revealed uh, this week. So uh, that was a nice surprise, despite getting so many leaks. Uh, let's get into grading. Joe, you start us off uh, with the nickname, the Hangzhou Spark. What do you think of the nickname?
1: Um, yeah, so this is another one that makes me wonder. Um, I don't know anything about uh, Hangzhou or, or that area of China, you know, but uh, it makes me think, you know, maybe potentially there's some sort of connection with the area. I don't know if they're like a electric power generating city or something, um, but it's a you know we talked or at least I mentioned last week when we were doing uh, team branding grades you know, that there's a pretty low standard for the, for these kinds of names um that you know sure enough it is it's not an adjective so that that's something uh-huh. um you know we've got uh, I've seen people comparing it, well, you know, we've got tons of teams now in the league that have a, a you know, have some sort of power source as their name, you know, with the Fuel and, and the Fusion and Spark and all this, and it's like, yeah, whatever, it's it's cool, It's uh, it makes sense with some of the other things that they have. Um, uh, it, and it is punnable, that, that was that was another criteria I used. <laughs> um, so, you, so you can make puns out of it. So yeah, it, it's good. Yeah. Um, it's the finger gun team, but we'll get to that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's for giving a grade. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a solid, that's an A, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. I'm going to give it an A as well. I like it. Um, it's not an adjective. We have a very low standard of nicknames here in the league. <laughs> I was telling mariam that in the recorded segment at the beginning. Uh, and she noticed there was a very low standard for a lot of things. <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, the art major <laughs> believed that uh, a lot of these teams could be doing better. But Hangzhou Spark, that's pretty cool. I, I enjoy it. I I'm a big fan of electricity, and I think it's cool. Um, I don't know, Spark. That's that's pretty cool. Alongside their logo, uh, I'm just like we're I- is. I have a question. Do you know? Do you know what's up with the like blue stuff in the spark part of their logo? I, that... I
1: think it's supposed to be just like electricity. Like it's it's sparking around because it's okay. I whatever. Just, I don't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it kind of does look like electricity. Just like the thing at the far right, kind of looks like it's something that would be in an anime or something. So I wasn't sure if it was a reference. <laughs> Everything's an anime reference in this in this thing. But uh, let's true. move on. Let's move on to the logo, which is an anime re- reference. I know that for sure. Uh, I d- I cannot remember the re- the anime it's from, but I know the owner of uh, Billy Billy, which is the owner of the Honjo Spark, really likes this anime. This is his favorite anime. What do you think of the logo?
1: <laughs> Ooh, what a good story. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think uh, the the one color is kind of eh. Um, there's, a, I'm actually just looking at some of these other, um, logos is like Toronto, New York, LA Valiant, uh, Dallas, Florida. Okay, there's a few more than I thought that just have one color. I don't know. I, I kind of wish, um, would it, well, I'm glad it's not just the one color blue, uh, you know, cause we have Lots of all this blue already, but, but the pink is good. Uh, I almost wish you mentioned there's like some, you know, bluish, electricity sparks thing, like on the, on the text of the name for Hanjoke spark. Um, but I almost wish they had put that on the logo instead to go ahead and put in a, a second color, make it a little bit more interesting. Um, but you know, maybe that's just me. Uh, we'll have to see, I guess when we do our next, uh, uh, art segment, whatever we call it, now. I don't
0: know, <laughs> art <segment>.
1: but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, the finger gun is, is kind of whatever, like you said, it's, if it's a reference to something that, that, uh, it makes it a little better but um i, I know uh, originally when it was leaked there were people on reddit uh, talking about that there were people that they saw uh on like weibo i think or something or however you pronounce it the chinese twitter um uh, talking about they didn't like the finger gun because um it, it had a weird connotation in china but um uh, yeah i don't know it's um uh, if, if it's if it's what they we'll put it this way if it's what they like uh there's there's something to be said for that i don't know if it's i don't know if it's what i would have gone for in their position uh but yeah i don't know it's it, it's um uh, it just seems to, seems to be very intentional um and very direct so I, I don't know i'll give it a it's a b
0: yeah if i <laughs> if i were a big fan of this anime i would be geeking out right now i'm not a fan of any <laughs> there's not a single the pokemon anime is like the only one i've Watched and enjoyed really but uh I, I the like big movie like tv buff uh in the back of my mind is saying like that's so cool someone did like a movie tv reference like they love that show but at the same time it's it is an offensive uh thing in China it's uh it's it's a little simple it's a little it's a little it's it's a reference that I don't think too many people are gonna get but I have to like I I just have to give them props for doing it anyway <laughs> he like <laughs> I don't know it's just cool that he didn't care he's just like I this is for me I want to make this logo for me which is I I don't think we've seen that at all in this league so far or any league I don't think any team owner has been like this I want this team to be personalized to me I don't care I don't care about marketing it, which is super interesting. Uh, but I'm gonna give it a B as well because uh, I agree. One color is kind of—it's just one color is a too a bit too simple. I think this will maybe grow on me a little bit. Um, but I think Miriam would agree if we we'll we'll see her opinion next week. But she does not like the one color logos too much. So she wants some she wants a little bit more complexity on these logos. Uh, and I think she will say that about this one as well, but we'll have to see. We move on to the best part, the colors, pink, blue, and white are their colors, Joe. What do you think about them?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's, it's sort of a similar thing, uh, that I think probably the colors, uh, for this team is what's won them the most fans so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously the red, their, uh, roster has only just come out, but, um, But yeah, the colors. Obviously, there's no other team that will look anything like like Hangzhou will. Um, So that's great, and it's actually it doesn't look bad. Uh, Like the the Winston and Reaper that they have on their preview announcement. Uh, I don't know. It's just something about it that's that's uh, you know appealing. Obviously, it's not Runaway, uh, and so there'll be people who are disappointed about that. But you know. it, 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 so yeah, the same thing that I was talking about with my logo that that they definitely knew what they wanted and they definitely uh, just went after it and so, so that's yeah that's that's definitely an A worthy uh, color scheme. <laughs> yeah,
0: I give it an A, an A, a big A, a big A. We need it. I mean, we've been talking about it. The grades are heavily based off of the co- a comparison, the context of of the league so far. These are super original colors. Obviously, no one else has pink. I mean, no one else in sports, just regular sports has pink. I've seen so many articles like the Hangzhou Spark is so like brave, like making them seem almost like heroes, like this, these are the first pink, the first pink team. And it's just like, wow, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if they deserve that, but super cool. Anyways, uh, we get a pink team, cotton candy, um, A plus for me. I do wish it was Runaway, but I'll take Hangzhou Spark. That just means that my love for these teams spreads out even more because I'm pretty sure based off the Runaway roster, Vancouver is going to be my favorite team. A little spoiler, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be rooting for Vancouver. Uh, But I'll definitely be rooting for Hangzhou Spark too. Uh, Based off their roster, which we shall get into right now. Uh, they've been they've been doing some nice little announcements show the past three days they have been releasing two names per night just introducing us i like this i like slowly introducing us to each of their players so we get to know them a little more individually the first night we got goosh and we got no smite uh this was a uh, i think everyone really liked this one you got to lead off with goosh especially after how much hype there was uh, from the World Cup coming from this guy, the big Chinese tank, of course that that shocked the world. Um, what do you think? Let's go signing by signing here. I guess we'll go to, by the twos. What do you think of these two players, both tanks?
1: Uh, well, yeah. So I guess uh, for me personally, there's there's not uh not tons I can say about the individuals, but uh one thing we have noticed uh at least for the first four. Uh, presumably for uh, uh and Bazzi as well, but they all came from, uh, or this good chunk of them came from Korean contenders, uh, which, you know, we'll talk about uh, to a certain extent. Uh, that, you know, even in the contenders season three announcement, they were like, uh, especially this Korean region is just going to look incredibly different this upcoming season because yeah. of all this talent that's um, going to the Overwatch League. Um, but yeah, definitely the, the highlight here is Gu um in the main tank, you know, we saw uh, all the way to the silver medal match uh, versus South Korea. Uh, the, it, yeah, that's gonna be really exciting. I want to see some of his teammates uh, potentially coming in too. Uh, we'll have to see how reasonable that is, but um, but yeah, this uh, like it's like you said, Guojuai, particularly particularly I know um, if you're following Korean Korean contenders, you'll know lots of these other names as well. Uh, I don't personally, but it's, it sounds like they're. Uh, they're really doing what they need to be doing here
0: yeah they got some uh, x6 gaming and seven are the main rosters they're picking out of i guess i'll 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 say the next four adora ria bazzy and godsby have all also been picked up i really like godsby he's a he's uh probably one of the more underrated dps in korean contenders he was on x6 gaming Uh, and he is just he is he's another one of those sure four types he is just super flexible can play almost any DPS in the game he's I mean in the in the reddit thread everyone was asking is he hit scan or or projectile and everyone was like he's everything he plays everything um, so Godsby he's very flexible I think he could become uh, one of the best uh, players next season honestly I've, I really like Godsby uh, but as far as other Chinese players on that Chinese team, I I'm so sad that so many of them are just too young to be in Overwatch League. Gu Shui, luckily we get him; he's he is old enough. Uh, we'll see what other Chinese players go on to these teams. But I know there I know there were rumors that a lot of Chinese players will be heading into Overwatch League. We'll see what else uh, Hangzhou has in store for us. Of course, they're not done yet. They need eight players, right? That's the that's the uh, that's
1: yeah. By like the eighth of December, I think, or the sixth.
0: <laughs> that's coming up. That is coming yeah. up. Um, any thoughts on these on these other four players I've added to the mix?
1: Uh no. Yeah, it's um, it's a team still in the um it's, in the middle of being made. You know,
0: it's hard to compare these contenders players to overwatch league players. We have not seen too many of them face off. We have seen goose face off against overwatch league players and he fared up, He fared pretty well. Um, but we, we haven't been able to see a lot of these Korean contenders players go head to head against overwatch league teams. So should be interesting. Uh, Joe, you're the patch man, right? The old patch guy. Uh, sure. We, <laughs> we've, we've got some patches. Uh, we have a live patch and we have a PTR patch to go over. Cool.
1: Yes. Uh, we got a live patch and a PTR patch. Yeah. Uh, both came out in the last week. Um, and so this live patch, obviously this is 1.30 uh, and now Ash is live. Uh, if you've been playing her for, uh, I think almost a week now, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, came out on the 14th. So yeah, almost a week now. Um, so, yeah, Ash's life, we know about her. Ash and Bob, we've talked about her a lot. Uh, the jump height changes have gone through, uh, if that was something you were concerned about. Uh, Mercy got a buff. Uh, ultimate cost reduced 15%. We, we talked about this already. Reaper got Reaper and Roadhog got their shotguns. Um, spread changed a little bit. Uh, Reaper got a buff on his life steal. Um, uh, Symmetra got a buff for primary fire charges uh, 20% faster now. Um yeah, so, so that's live um uh, live currently and I think I saw unfortunately that Contender season three is like the entire season is on one point two nine. Um so already outdated, but we'll see. Um uh, ma- ma- maybe they change it. But yeah. But no that's one point thirty. Yeah, no Ash. Very that would be sad. a shame. Um uh, but that's one point thirty, that's what's live right now. And then, yes, we did get a PTR patch um, either the same day or the day after uh, to take us to 1.31. Uh, so it looks like they've added some audio changes. You can use Windows Spatial Audio Ooh. if you're a Windows Spatial Audio fan. Uh, you can use that. We'll play in Overwatch now. Um, and so I, th- I think we might have alluded to these um, uh, on our last show or a couple of shows ago or something. But uh, there are some interesting hero changes on here. Um, Uh, On the PTR right now, we have a Bastion buff, uh, where his recon mode, that's when he's uh, up and walking around, which I say because I always get him confused. In his recon mode, he has 35 ammo now instead of 25. Um, In his sentry mode, which is, that's turret mode, uh, his uh, spread has been decreased. Uh, This is up to to 33%, uh, and I think uh, that's like over time, so it starts at what it would be normally and then decreases by 33% as you shoot. Um, which, you know, there's a, there's a Bastion buff for you, for all you Bastion pains that were <laughs> complaining about uh, so many, needing a Bastion buff.
0: So many complaints.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, we did get a Brig nerf, because no patch is complete without a Brig nerf. Um, like I think everything that has been done so far has been a nerf since launch. Uh, but this one is really big. Uh, this is uh, a Shield Bash nerf that Shield Bash will no longer... Uh, travel or stun targets uh through barriers so that includes Rhine shield that includes winston bubble that includes Arissa shield uh, presumably symmetric shield as well um yeah that if you try to bash through um at least uh, at least a few days ago people were saying you know occasionally you might move through uh, but none of the damage goes through and none of the stun goes through uh, which is really big you know obviously we've seen uh, this meta coming around uh lots of Rhine break especially uh to help you with your bash shatter combos but those are gonna be a lot harder to pull off now uh now that the opposing ryan has the ability uh to you know to manipulate his shield to try to catch uh catch the break in this stun you can still try to go around um and stun from a different angle but that'll just make it that much harder uh for the Rhine Brig uh to qu- to coordinate that combo which um, you know, that's, we'll get into this, but this seems like an example um, of what they're talking about, of trying to create counterplay where there didn't used to be any, um, you know, so that's, um, yeah. so, so, that so that the the opposing right isn't doomed, <laughs> that yeah. there's, uh, that you don't have to get lucky with a Zarya bubble and a transcendence and whatever, like South <laughs> yeah. Korea did uh, to try to block a shatter. So that's, that's significant for yeah. sure.
0: It seemed like Brig was not only countering Dive, but was countering Goats, the the comp she is featured in, because uh, yeah. because of the fact that she could do that to Reinhardt's. So that's this very yeah. I, this is a very nice change.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be really big too once we start, uh, you know, once this actually goes to live and we start to see some play on it. Uh, similarly, we have a, um, uh, Trishan lowered so this is a it's nerf yeah slight nerf uh to doomfist uh the rising uppercuts uh loss of air control duration lowered from three seconds uh to just 0.6 which is actually a lot Um, and then seismic slam uh, maximum range reduced from 20 meters to 15 meters Um, so both of these are nerfs um, and essentially again, trying to allow a little bit more space for um, the defenders or from the the people who are being attacked by the Doomfist. Um, So, you you know, because previously uh, you get uppercut by Doomfist and it was three seconds uh, that you couldn't control your movements, uh, so you were locked in a really super predictable uh, trajectory that either uh, the Doomfist with his primary fire or his teammates um, could really just rain shots down on you. Uh, But now that's over very quickly, uh, so you can not only try to try to dodge around there, but have some of your own uh, tools to potentially escape from that. So that's that's significant. Um, and then seismic slam, obviously, um, that's just going to make it a little bit harder for the Doomfist to go shooting across the map uh, or shooting down from high ground. You know, depending. Um, uh, this this patch note actually says um, it potentially making making it harder for him to escape uh, from combat too. So that's. Uh, all of those things together, you know, we've seen how important, or how uh, powerful Doomfist is right now. Um, so again, trying to trying to tone that down
0: again here. Yep, I'll take a Doomfist nerf uh, any time <laughs> of, of the week. I don't know, it's, it's annoying to play against Doomfists, that's for sure.
1: Uh, McCree got a little bit of a buff. Uh, his right click, uh, each individual bullet uh, goes from 45 to 55 damage on Fan the Hammer, uh, so... If you're a McCree man, that's probably actually pretty useful. Uh, that'll make you a little bit more uh, potent in close-range engagements, as this says. So that's uh, helpful. Better against uh, tanks t- as well. Yeah, tanks especially. Um, that with uh, you know hybrids of like McCree goats type thing um, it'll be helpful against more tanks. Yeah. Which is good. Um, we, need,
0: we need some DPS buffs to kill <laughs> tanks. So.
1: Uh, and speaking of which, well, uh, yeah, sure. Speaking of which, we'll just do this out of order. Uh, we got a Tor buff. Uh, his old ult- Molten Core, uh, the Lava Pools now deal 160 damage per second instead of 130. Obviously, that was um, Ultimate sort of intended through his rework to uh, to be a type of tank counter, especially since it does extra damage versus armor. So that's uh, th- that's something, at least, you know. Uh, we'll have to see uh, whether that actually affects his usage much. Um, you know, because it doesn't change his viability, it just changes the amount of damage he does once you're actually running Dorb. So, uh, but there's a little bit of a buff there. Uh, and then finally, Soldier, um, uh, Attack Visor, this is this sort of a quality of life change than anything else? Uh, obviously, his left click is all aimbot, which is great because it's his scan, so all of those will hit. Uh, but previously, his right click, uh, the Helix rockets, were also aimbotted, um, but they would be fired at where the target was you know but obviously they're a projectile and so by the time they got there they'd usually miss uh so this change actually has turned off the aimbot uh for helix rockets while you are using tac visor so that you can actually aim it uh, in theory actually landing them because you can uh try to predict your targets um even while you're alting uh which will be helpful um like for for when you're playing soldier yep <laughs> Uh, let's see a bunch of bug fixes Um, yeah (laughs) that's that's your 1.31 patch Um, I mean we do actually know even beyond that um, some things that are coming
0: yes I don't know
1: I don't know if they're adding I don't know if they're adding this to 1.31 or if they're making uh, they're going all the way to 1.32 uh, but they said a PTR patch uh, will probably come out on Monday, which is today. I'll just see if that happens. But uh, other changes we're looking at that are coming down the pipe, more bring nerfs, although kind of. This time it is accompanied by a buff, uh, which I, th- I do really think is the first buff that she's gotten since launch, uh, which is significant. But uh, uh, Shield Bash, now the damage... Uh, on live and on the ptr right now is 50 damage for a shield bash uh this proposed change is going to bring that down and only to five damage uh which is i think even less than a flashbang i think flashbang is like 20 or something yeah um so it's even less than a flashbang now on the, on the shield bash done um but as a result of that because uh, again that was a big, a big part of for example her tracer combo uh to deal 150 damage and so um uh, to sort of combat that, uh, her Inspire has been buffed, um, pretty decently significantly, I think, excuse me, um, to go, uh, the cooldown, uh, for triggering Inspire has been reduced, uh, from one and a half to one second. Uh, so every time, uh, every time that gets triggered again now, uh, only one second after its end, um, the duration of Inspire increases from five to six seconds and the total healing, uh, is increased from 80 to 100, uh, which is, I think, if I'm doing my math right, a little bit of an HPS buff, too, as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, it used to be 16, and now it's... a little bit over 16, but whatever. <laughs> it's like <laughs> quick math, 96 for something. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so to, to, to tune up sort of the healing, the healer side of Brig, um, and a little bit down on the offense, um, uh, this developer note to make sure that she's still a viable pick, uh, because beca- <laughs> yeah. that uh that shield bash nerf had him concerned apparently. Yeah. But uh you have any on that, or we'll just get to Doomfist too?
0: Uh, yeah, I think the healing, I totally welcome for me. I I would rather her be a healer than a damage dealer, for sure. Uh, the shield bash fifty to five. And a lot of people think this is brutal. It is very brutal. <laughs> that is a very, very big nerf. But um, honestly, I, Brig deals way too much damage. I would rather all supports be healers and uh, heal more. And she still does damage with her with her primary and the whip shot. So uh, I think Brig, I'd like this nerf to Brig a lot. Um, Doom? what else is coming to doom
1: yeah uh so it's uh more nerfs uh to Doom fist uh well a nerf and sort of a change um uh, similar to uh the ptr change that's on right now uh, a change to seismic slam uh, where the victims uh, will no longer use, lose air control at all uh, while being pulled in so you'll still be knocked up a bit and you'll still be pulled in towards doom fist uh, but you'll have a, a lot more control um uh, the whole time to be able to, to counter that movement, to affect that movement. Um, again, a little, a little bit more counterplay. Um, and then meter strike, uh, which apparently during uh, development was called sky drop. Cause that's how this announcement was originally made. Uh, but then it was changed to Meteor strike. Cause that is the name of the ultimate uh, that the inner ring damage radius has been increased from one and a half to two meters uh, where it deals the full 300 damage. Uh, so that, That makes it uh, a a wider target to hit. Uh, But the max damage outside of that ring has been decreased uh, from 300 to 200. Um, So that as soon as you go outside of that now 2 meter ring, uh, then you get 200 damage um, and then fall off all the way to 15 at max range. Uh, So essentially what that does is it it makes the targeting a little bit easier. uh, But if you manage to get outside of that uh, outer ring. If you are uh, Brig, May, or Reaper, uh, you won't die immediately. Uh, so that's something, I guess. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the, the the note here it says the media strike changes will make it harder to secure a free kill on heroes without mobility, such as Zen or Ana, uh, while still preserving its mass potential damage, uh, which is kind of doesn't make sense because it. The 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 death zone has been increased in size, um, uh, so may, I don't maybe that's a typo, but it's been up for like a day and a half or three days. Never mind, it's been up for a long time, so I don't know exactly what they're thinking with that, but um, uh, it, it's a, a change to Meteor Strike, I guess, more than anything.
0: Yeah, um, I I my favorite part of this patch is are this the this little post right here, um, uh, by by Jeff Goodman is. Is the last paragraph saying that they're looking carefully at the amount of crowd control abilities and trying to remove or reduce some of the effectiveness of those, which is fantastic news for anyone who agrees with Siegel's video that came out this week. Um, And that is most, I would say most pros, most streamers as well, constantly tweeting about how they just, it's just a crowd control fest in this game. Uh, nowadays so that's big news that they really want to focus on on those abilities
1: before we get into the state of overwatch one other thing they didn't put in the patch notes uh, but on the ptr right now if you own an overwatch league uh, home skin or an away skin on the ptr right now you also own the other one Uh, so whether you bought them with uh, overwatch league credits uh, you bought home skins now you own all of the corresponding away skins and if, for whatever reason, you have the uh, the Twitch Prime All Access Pass and have some away skins, uh, you now also own the home the corresponding home version. Again, on PTR, uh, presumably that'll be transferred to live as well uh, once Patch One Point Three One goes through. Uh, but so that's kind of cool uh, for you know making that transition between Season One and Season Two. Uh, you have a few more skins uh, under your belt, and now when you buy. Uh, when you buy one skin, you'll get essentially get two for the price of one now. Uh, I get the impression from now on. So that's kind of cool. Uh, that is very again, nice. Uh, and that's a way for them to get the away skins into the game too.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of people always uh, complain that, that the skins were a bit too much money. So uh, that's very nice. Very nice of them to add the away skins. And some of the away skins look very, very good. So I uh, appreciate that changed a lot there is one more thing before we get into the state of overwatch that i forgot to add to this the away skins reminded me of the all-access pass and the uh the survey twitch had a survey on the all-access pass from last year and that survey i guess it's not a leak exactly because i'm pretty sure they purposely basically showed us what next year's all-access pass is going to be uh including and uh, uh what the biggest thing is, basically, you get to choose what observer you are observing. Uh, You can observe any of the players, any of the 12 players. You can put that on screen. Uh, You can choose out of, I think, three or four of the observers' cameras, and then you can choose the main camera. But you also can choose multiple cameras at once uh, and make your own little command center of different uh, camera angles. Uh, so that's a very nice change. I think this will be a good option for people who, uh, I, I, people who would like to have the production value with the uh, casters in there and everything, uh, while observing any angle you want. Uh, of course, this is the there's going to most likely be an option to do the in-game observer like the World Cup again, which I believe, f- for me personally, will still be the better option for replays, uh since you get to dive in wherever you would like. Uh Joe, you seem surprised. I don't think you heard heard of this change. What do you think? What are your initial reactions to it?
1: Um yeah, so uh I think the more they add, obviously the more money it's worth. Um I think uh definitely in my case uh or I should say the more it's worth your money. Hopefully they don't increase the price. But (laughs) but um but I think in my case, particularly, the reason I bought the All Access Pass last season was uh, for the skins and in-game items and not for the stream quality. I, I, th- I think I actually uh, watched the regular stream more than I watched the All Access stream probably last season. Yeah. Um, just because it was kind of eh. Uh, but more options is always good. Uh, I, I can appreciate that. Um, like you said eventually they'll um ideally be able to have because i think once they're able to pipe the casters into the client to do the um uh, to do the in-client spectating um yeah that's uh, i'm with you that that's what i would much prefer to do um but also to be able to hear uh hear the production going on so once that's once that's available that's probably what i'll go for but until then uh you know more freedom i think is going to be a good
0: thing oh yeah i'd never use the command center it was object i feel like it was objectively a worse way to watch the game was the command center um but i did like the post-game press conferences a lot that was a cool part that was probably the only thing i used on twitch but the skins were dope as well uh so all access pass looking like a good thing to purchase next year because they're finally adding the thing everyone wanted them to add last year um now we head to our topic finally seagull he came out with this video. has a, a million views now. On the state of Overwatch, uh, it's like an almost thirty minute video, right? Uh,
1: twenty one minutes and thirty seven seconds. Yeah, I pulled it's, over here. <laughs>
0: it's it's like this that's the same uh, same time as like a sitcom. So if you you either chose to watch an episode of Friends or you watched this video. Um. So he he went over. He had some. I feel like he had like three or four main points. I believe. His, his overarching theme was Overwatch is not fun to play right now. Um, and you feel, if you're, if you, you just feel helpless, basically is what he is saying. And I believe that has a lot to do with all these CC abilities. Uh, and he he mentioned Brig a lot. He knows that I, I got a lot more information from like, his thoughts behind it all i don't know if if you watched this at all but it was uh, oh, yeah. right after the video came out twitch uh Sureford, jane siegel and then eventually xqc uh just t- going through this video talking about uh solutions to it and thoughts his siegel's thoughts behind all of it um which i watched the whole stream of that as well he has it on he has the highlight on his youtube which is like almost two hours but, uh, I thought it was super interesting. Just wa- just listening to sure Four Siegel and Jane, all sort of proposed sol- possible solutions to the problems at hand. What, uh, first of all, I guess, do you agree with Siegel's sentiment?
1: We, yes. Yeah, so like you said, it came, uh, like it came in several parts. Um, and it, one of them was, um, yeah, that, that feeling of, well, let me back up. Cause, um, what he talked about specifically uh he emphasized you know several times uh, both in that stream which i saw some of um and also in his his first video was that his um his main takeaway um you know to the extent that he was writing to the blizzard devs uh his main takeaway for the blizzard devs uh, was to communicate uh the way that the game makes him feel uh, the you know rather than um oh, this is bad, and this is bad, and you need to do this, right? Uh, they just talked about it because uh, in the past, uh, you know, that's what the game dev team uh, has said that they find helpful, right, is this to know what uh, what the effects of the things that they've implemented on the players, um, you, you know, so to be able to say this feels bad uh, because I feel like I have a loss of agency is valuable uh, and potentially more valuable, you um, Certainly, for most of the community, um, uh, you know, who doesn't have any way of, you know, being good at game design or, or, or any, any clout in knowing what we're talking about. Um, uh, but to be able to say, you know, I, I feel, I feel this way for this reason is super helpful, uh, for the devs. Uh, but yeah, so then some of the things he was saying was, um, you know, I, I feel, uh, like in most of my games, I have, I have no, um uh, control over the way my team performs uh, without actually taking control of my team uh, he was saying you know i, I feel like uh, the power level of ultimates in the game um, is too high and um it's to the extent that you you can go into fights um knowing that the other team will press q and they will win that fight uh, i don't know if you saw there was uh he was er seagull was doing a vod review of usa versus canada i think no it wouldn't have been usa versus canada yeah. it was like usa versus just uk i think yeah, um, our, yeah on, route six, on route 66 uh and goes into a bit of a rant um at one point just talking about um you see, if you didn't use the cues, then you'd have the cues, and you'd be able to win the cues. But you saved the cues, and you know <laughs> it, it, it's hard to communicate. But you you have to see if you can go find that. It's he was doing a VOD review U.S. U.K. on Route 66, uh, but 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 that this was the same kind of ideas he was communicating. You know, a few days later, maybe he had to uh, sort of condense them in his mind. Um, you, you know that that all obviously, you know, all Overwatch has always been a game about ultimates, but. Uh, to the extent that um i i think even particularly there was some some focus on dps ultimates because one of the comments he made was um you know if you have to have um uh you know defensive ultimates that um literally make your team invulnerable in order to counter um you know grab dragon for example that's uh, um there's some to be said for that um so back to your question about you know what did i think about uh some of the things he was saying i think uh for me you know i don't think i've ever said this on the show before um but i'll be honest i play in bronze uh (laughs) I'm i'm a bronze player on the ladder um but it was interesting for me to hear um as not a pro player um and as not a high level ladder player um to hear about the way they think about some of the games um uh, like uh, stylosa often says um uh, you know that you go into your uh, your competitive games and um i think the number he uses is like 40% of the games you're always going to win because you know the other team is bad or there's poor matchmaking or whatever um, and you have to actually try hard to throw and 40% of the games that you're in you absolutely cannot win because somebody on your team leaves or somebody on the other team is a smurf or something um, and there's only like 20 percent in the game so that you uh that you personally can have the control um uh, depending on your choices whether you win or not um and I, I don't know if if siegel necessarily agrees with that or not but i think that's the general sentiment um uh, that he was expressing just like i would have i think uh, even down the other end of the ladder that that, that was valuable that even for different reasons uh I think it's fair to say because, you know, bronze players in Overwatch play a different game than even plat players in Overwatch play, really. Um, But but, uh, to to be able to see that there are parallels uh, from what the pros see, uh, you know, to what high-level ladder players see, um, to, you know, what what clearly lots of other people in the community see, uh, I think that was valuable. Yeah. i'll stop talking you, you can say some things now <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> despite despite being bronze joe you have you have a very wide knowledge of the game and that is impressive um but yeah i i'm i'm that plat perspective but i i, I don't know i i have extreme bias towards the competitive side of the game and the overwatch league and and top 500 despite being in plat um I, I still think the the game should be adjusted based off what the top what the top thinks. Um, I, I seeing I agree with Siegel. At first, I was I was like uh, because I as, as Platt maybe I don't see maybe I'm not frustrated as much um, as as someone near the top. I I do get frustrated every once in a while. I'm also a tank support main, so I am not a DPS main. I I can totally understand, though, right now how tough it must be to be a damage dealer in Overwatch. Because if you want to play hitscan, there are shields all over the place. divas in your face all the time. You just cannot. Um, your only options as a DPS player right now are Doomfist and Sombra. Which are uh, Doomfist is, is probably attractive to to people who played Genji in the past. And Sombra is she's not the most fun DPS to play. Her main strength is uh, her right click basically hacking people. So it which doesn't take too much skill. That's not as fun for the people in the game who want to play damage dealers. They want to play a skill hero. Uh, and Sombra is it's not as much skill as as they would like, probably. Um, my there there was a post on the normal Overwatch subreddit I think most of the competitive Overwatch subreddit was in agreement with Siegel the game is annoying to play right now complete opposite sentiments out of the uh, normal Overwatch subreddit camp saying that um, basically a lot of people assuming that Siegel is a tracer main which is a terrible terrible assumption to make <laughs> he hates tracer i since the dawn of this since the beta of this game he has disliked tracer as a as a character um and even in like mystery heroes if he gets tracer he quits um he will not play as tracer he refuses uh so that's immediately a pretty poor assumption uh but this whole long paragraph post basically if i had to sum it up is basically like basically too long didn't read as shut up dps mains like (laughs) you guys are annoying um which is i think as a tank and support main the most ridiculous thing to say in a meta where dps are as weak as they have ever been um and in the post he basically says seagull are or all these dps mains if tracer isn't working because they have a brig then switch to Brig. And I think they're completely missing the point there. Like, There's a whole paragraph basically talking about the game is about switching, but you're telling a DPS player to switch to a support. I think if, as a tank player, you would be very upset if DPS were super strong. Uh, This person who made the post is a, I believe, a main tank player. He talks about Wrecking Ball and Reinhardt. If you were playing Reinhardt and he was like, and someone on your team was like, Reinhardt sucks right now, switch, and you're like, okay, I guess. And he was like, you have to switch to Genji because DPS are overpowered right now. You would be very upset. I would be very upset. I suck at DPS, so I I don't think you can come out here and tell tell tracer mains or tell DPS players to switch to Brig. I do, I do not think that is fair um, because Brig is not a DPS character. Uh, they come to this game to play skilled characters, um, aim at people, kill people because they are DPS mates. They don't want to play brig, they do not want to. Um, it's just it's an unfair sentiment to make, to tell these these players to go play a support um, when right now it's why would you? I, I just don't understand because right now almost every tank is viable, every support is viable. This is the point in the game where tanks and supports have been overpowered ever since Brig came out, and you're just not going to let DPS complain for a second because they're filthy DPS mains. They insta-lock DPS. Like, it's, it almost feels like racism to me in a way. Like, you're a filthy DPS main. Like, just shut up. I play tank and support. I actually support my team. I'm nice. Like, don't be like that. DPS players want to play the game too. Uh, Just let them. So that's my thoughts on that. On the post titled Nerf This, The Ballad of Tracer and um, Brigitta." It has like five golds. People have been <laughs> upvoting this post to, to, to hell and back over on the main Overwatch subreddit. And I disagree with almost every word in it. So um, do you have any thoughts on that, on the post?
1: Uh, for, for that particular post, uh, I, I, I thought it was an interesting perspective I didn't quite get. Uh, at least from the first time that i read it uh one, one of the lines i did agree in there though um was they were talking about um uh, um uh, the, the 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 sentiment about that lots of people lots of people in the community have um and it's 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 a viable thing to say is um you know uh, that we want um uh, counterplay for abilities right that we want to be able to 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 be able to react and to be able to use your skill uh, to respond to other things that people do Um, but the the point that they made here let's see this is you slash vinyl fantasy Four. so um, in their post they said uh, that there's a difference between allowing for counterplay and playing into a character's strengths they said um, I'll just quote here. It says, "If you get too close to Brig as a squishy, thinking you can one v one, or then that's not Brig being OP. That's the equivalent of Ryan charging a Sentry configuration Bastion, or chasing Farah as Junkrat, or um, or Genji trying to go up against Moira. Um, th- 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 you know that there there are um, intentional things that are done." Uh, particularly again the the Bastion thing at a low elo. That's uh, that, that's that's a good example of that. But uh, the, the you know the, the distinction between trying to create um, counterplay and um, I don't know if it was this post or not, but somebody talking about um, that it would be weird if somebody um, made a post complaining about well why can't I one v one Genji as mercy. Um, Nerf Genji, <laughs> uh, which you, you know, obviously that's a bit ridiculous, but uh, the, the, there is that distinction. You know, that the Brig is there to serve sort of a purpose, um, and lots of just the the general hate that Brig gets is mostly undeserved, uh, at least in my opinion. Uh, obviously, there are things that can that can be changed, um, and there are changes that are being made uh, for Brig. But you know, there the, 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 there are things that. Uh, that are intentional about uh, about the game. I guess. Uh, yeah. So, do you have anything to say to that? Because then I wanted to.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess as far as counterplay goes, I really like the nerf that they did to Brig because I still think she counters Tracer and Genji pretty well with her Shield Bash, and like, and no damage to it, and no one shot to a Tracer. I don't think you'd need to one shot her to counter necessarily. Um and I think it allows uh like Siegel said, that counterplay instead of the rock, paper, scissors matchup, it's um while Brig still counters Tracer, Tracer is able to outskill the Brig and win in some in some scenarios. Um and she's not because her purpose is to harass the backline and Brigita just existing makes it so Tracer's purpose just doesn't work. Uh, so you just can't play tracer into Brigida. Uh, so I, I think an ability. I agree with Siegel Siegel's, Siegel's point that counterplay is good, but the the there should be a chance like like he was talking about for Farah while Soldier and McCree counter Farah. There's still a chance for that Farah to outskill the sh- Soldier and McCree and win that battle. um yeah uh well, anything else to say about that
1: uh i guess i wanted to mention at least uh, you, you know you said after this uh after seagull posted this video a couple days uh later they had a big marathon stream uh with seagull and surefor and xqc and jane um like i said i watched part of that but one of the things uh, i don't know if you've you followed up on this but one of the things they suggested on that stream um and then jane has been doing a little bit with his um, Elo hell community uh, and the the Pug squads that they have set up uh, these last couple of days. He's he's been running games uh, both with uh, with hero bans and with uh, timed ults, uh, both of which were things that they brought up uh, on that stream. You know, as potential uh, potential solutions to these problems. And again, I don't know uh, that I necessarily agree with the community trying to provide the solutions. Um, necessarily, but it was, it's 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 been interesting to watch. Like I said, I don't know if you've seen any. Yeah. Um, but you can go back and look at some some VODs from Jane's channel. Um of yeah, games that they played. Um, obviously Brick gets gets banned a lot, uh, which is probably telling. Um but but for example games um that, that they've played uh without Brick and Ryan or uh Brig and Doomfist I saw one that was banned. Um it's really interesting um just because of the nature of the really small hero roster um you know they've been only only been doing one band per side um and things like that but uh and then timed alts you know they were talking about uh, that that was another one of siegel's complaints uh that the ultimates were too powerful and so they said well if they happened uh, if they happened less often or if they weren't um uh, based on individual performance you know to kind of prevent that kind of snowball thing um uh, so they've been experimenting with that too but I don't know it's it's been interesting to watch you know sort of the alternate universe of <laughs> what would happen if um uh, and try to watch some of these you know streamers and stuff um uh, semi pro pugs um try to deal with these kind of things.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to see the I'm um, I'm going to go back and rewatch these. I want to see the time alts. I want to see the bands as well. I am I am in favor for both of those honestly but maybe I don't think they'll do bans quite yet. I think bans are further down the line once they maybe a year at least. I could see them wanting like one or two more of each of each um of support tank and DPS before putting in a ban um just because they want more characters. I think we're at a point where we could probably do it. And I really like Bands, and I think Bands make it... I, I really like Sureforce point, or maybe it was Jane, or I don't think it was Seagull because I don't think he's played too many MOBAs. But um, in that stream, they were talking about how Riot, the uh, developer for League of Legends, is able to basically go bananas on their nerfs and their buffs because, because, they're, because Bands exists in the competitive ladder. Um, and if they make something too insanely overpowered, it'll just get banned and the community will uh, come in and save them on it. So they have been, I think the best part of bans is that the developer is able to do some crazy things to characters without being punished heavily, basically, because if, if Blizzard puts in a ban of someone that's, or puts in a patch and someone's super overpowered, then the competitive ladder is just useless for like another three weeks basically because that's how long blizzard takes um so i think bans would allow blizzard to be a lot more flexible as the developer Uh, and i also would really like to see what different team comps i think the ultimate ban would be banning brigida but then also banning like winston because obviously, banning, banning Brigida is so that a team could play dive. But then, what if you also ban someone like Winston, who is a, a very good dive character? We all know he's like the main dive hero. Um, like, what kind of team comps would you be getting if you ban Brig and then the other team ban Winston because they don't want the team to play dive? That would be super interesting to me. I was just seeing what kind of team comps and team play we get. But. I believe in the stream in Jane's stream we mainly just got a bunch of dive because Brig was banned every game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, timed ultimates—that's pretty cool too. Um, I think it fixes. I don't know. Siegel was being very back and forth on the ultimates thing. I think he was being super specific. He wants it fixed, but he wants it. He doesn't have a solution for it. Basically. Um, because he doesn't like time alts. He likes that alts take skill to build up. But snowballing is just... It, I feel like snowballing almost comes hand in hand with that. So it's super hard. Um, I like the idea of time ultimates. But there, I think the community is way more split. I think the community is split on both bands and time ultimates. I think a lot of people like the skill aspect of ultimates right now. Uh, but i am I'm down for time ultimates if it gets sort of snowballing i'm of course i'm always i'm way different i'm always thinking like what am i gonna like to watch the most in overwatch league um i don't know i'd never i i probably should think what would i like to play the most uh that would probably be helpful i think that's the way everyone else is thinking so uh what do you what do you think about those two
1: yeah that's an interesting uh interesting distinction yeah between between um you know what do you want to play versus what do you want to watch it's uh, that's another one of the things um uh, you know that some people have been complaining about you know it's i don't know if uh, that was necessarily a seagull thing because um uh, being in a, in a different position relative to the pro game but um you know that if if you get to the point where that lots of people feel um uh, you know, that it's more fun to watch the game than actually to play the game, that, that that's, that's telling, you know, that's, that's worth, um, worth considering that distinction. Yeah.
0: Um, anything, anything else on this? It, it was a lot to unload. There's a lot. Yeah, of stuff and, that, talked about.
1: and there's, you know, there still is tons and tons of stuff. Um, you yeah, know, you know, we, we talked about, um, you know, Siegel has a video. Go watch that. Um, Jane, um, uh, with that original round table stream was on Jane's channel, right? Or Seagulls?
0: Yeah, it was on, I think all three. I think Jane was streaming. Seagull was also streaming. I don't oh. know if Surefour was streaming. I think you could find it on either of their Twitch channels, but it is on Seagulls YouTube channel too.
1: Yeah, it makes sense, I guess. Um, uh, and then, yeah, there's, they're tons of red threads, tons of stuff, you know, go, if you're interested in this kind of thing, go out and read. Um, Cause there's lots of, uh, <laughs> lots of different people, lots of different opinions going around.
0: Yeah. I like, I, I really enjoyed the Jane Siegel surf or stream the most because it was them not only putting out the po- problems that Siegel mentioned, but brainstorming solutions. I liked the brainstorm a lot and the, the possible options like bands and stuff like that. I think those are really cool. Um, any yeah. any last comments? I know there was probably something we're forgetting that I could talk about for days, but um, yeah, I think I I guess to sum it up, this video was amazing. I think for a second there he had like the Overwatch subreddit like in his palm and they were reacting <laughs> to this video they were like they were literally like yeah he's right like this subreddit sucks at discussion and we only post highlights and then that post that i mentioned before came the next day and now everything's back to normal
1: yeah i think i guess the the last part of this that we're missing is um some sort of official response that we haven't gotten yet and we may not ever but um uh, yeah.
0: everyone but, thought but, everyone thought jeff goodman's like ptr edition was the response and I said, no, and I was like, "No way! That's you that better was not be." <laughs> that was immediately after they just like all of a sudden just like, "Oh, we gotta make these nerfs." And-
1: yeah, it's I, I don't know. So we'll have to see if if something like because ideally we can get you know some kind of um, one of those developer update videos. Uh, we just you know Jeff doing some visioning, uh, and, and ideally more than. Uh, more than Jeff Kaplan, you know, getting. Yeah. Uh, like, if, if we could get a, a, a visioning, you know, roundtable sort of video, uh, you, you know, with some Overwatch developers, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, who
1: knows if that's going to happen, but.
0: <laughs> I would love their response or just Jeff, like, coming on because they have the streamer studio now or whatever where they bring in at, at Blizzard headquarters where they're bringing in Overwatch streamers, like, pretty often. I'd be interested for, because Surefor was just there. I'd be interested. I think Siegel was supposed to go, but Iman, he was sick, and Iman had to go instead. I would love to see Siegel over there, and basically they just talk about this. And I want to see what their stance is on things like bans and things like timed ultimates, and I want to see what their thoughts are on the competitive ladder right now. And, I mean, if they even agree with Siegel, they might not even agree. So... um. They might not be making changes, but I do think some, I don't think there's been like a change to competitive play since like season two or three, or I don't know, maybe four. It's been a very long time since a new competitive season has rolled around and they were like, oh, here's a, here's a change (laughs) because it seems like a new competitive season rolls around and they've got nothing new. So, uh, I, I would love some new, new stuff in the competitive ladder. Yeah uh any anything else from this past week you any rants anything joe D- do we end it here
1: uh, i think we can certainly i mean we've got it's probably the longest episode in a while
0: yeah because we've <laughs> but, we've also uh, got the art segment on top of this one so uh yeah and
1: we've got two more teams to come eventually vancouver and dc
0: we already know dc's is crap but uh <laughs> Vancouver, we but it's get not assistance. it's not
1: officially crap
0: yet <laughs> it's not officially <laughs> crap we will officially call it crap hopefully next week <laughs> um, but yeah the, if you guys want to follow us on social media our personal twitter accounts uh mine is jwgeorge iv is kirkpatrick underscore inc inc uh and our our show's twitter is on the flank show uh, you could tweet at us. If you guys have any topics or questions you want us to answer, you could also email us, uh, those questions and topics on the flank show at gmail.com. Uh, of course you're listening to this, uh, in some way, but if you want to listen to it in a different way, we're at on the flank.podbean.com, my personal YouTube channel, which is John George, but you probably have better luck finding it on my Twitter page. Uh, we're on Apple music and iTunes. If you're an iPhone user, uh, If you're an Android user, we are on Spotify, and we are now officially on Google Play. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll check you guys out next week.